Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. And you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guests, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, will be talking about public education in Florida. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He just replaced my hip on June the 9th. He's replaced my knees in 2006. I'm so grateful for what he's done for me. We'll also visit with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. He'll be joining us as well. It is August the 4th, and on this day in 1873, while protecting a railroad survey party in Montana, Custer, George Custer, and his 7th Cavalry clashed for the first time with the local Sioux Native Americans, who defeated them three years later at the Little Bighorn. During the previous two years, Lieutenant uh, Colonel George Armstrong Custer and his 7th Cavalry had not fought a single battle against the tribe of the Western Plains. Hungry for action, Custer was pleased that the 7th Cavalry was ordered to help protect the party of surveyors laying out the route for the proposed Northern Pacific Railroad. The new transcontinental railroad was to pass through Sioux Territory. Initially, the military escorted and saw little action at all. The Sioux seemed to be avoiding or ignoring the party. For Custer, the uh, mission seemed in some way kind of a lark. He spent most of his time shooting buffalo, antelope, elk, and other animals. To find good hunting, he often led the 7th Cavalry away from the survey party and the main body of the military escort. On August the 4th, Custer was far ahead of the rest of the force, Camping along the Tongue River in southeastern Montana, suddenly a large band of Sioux warriors appeared on the horizon and attacked. The group was led by Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull. Custer, who had been taking uh, an afternoon nap, reacted quickly and mounted an effective defense. After a brief skirmish, the tribesmen withdrew. Since only one white soldier and one Native American were killed in the skirmish, Custer's short battle along the Tongue River seemed relatively insignificant at the time. However, Custer's easy escape and his first encounter with Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse made him, may have given him a dangerously scornful view of their fighting abilities. It helped to confirm his belief that the Plain Warriors tended to flee rather than fight. As a result, when Custer again encountered Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse at the Little Bighorn River three years later, his greatest fear was that they would withdraw before he could attack, and he rushed in without proper reconnaissance. That time, though, the Native Americans stood and fought, leaving Custer and more than 200 of his men dead. And you know the rest of the story. So that's why perhaps he was in fighting without a little preparation and uh, very costly, Custer's last stand. Well, sadly, uh, Representative Jackie Warlorski uh, was killed in a car crash yesterday. She's a Republican congressperson from Indiana. She was 58. In January 2021, she became a ranking member of the House House Ethics Committee. She also served on the House Ways and Means Committee and was a ranking member of the Subcommittee on Worker and Family Support. Uh, she was a lifelong resident of Indiana, according to her biography, and the congressman had represented Indiana's second district since 2013. Representative Jim Banks, who was also from Indiana, wrote that Wolorski had a heart of gold and everything Jackie did was to serve others. Our own Congressman Byron Donalds also weighed, and he said he was devastated by the news. Apparently, she was just a really wonderful person, and uh, clearly she'll be missed in Congress. Head-on accident. Everybody killed, including uh, one of her staff members and a member of the Republican Party. Well, former President Donald Trump posted on his social media platform, True Social, to celebrate his endorsement victories in the primaries in Kansas and Missouri uh, uh, last night. Trump wrote, won all of our endorsed races in Kansas and Missouri. Great going, Eric. Big night. Thank you. Trump's mention of Eric, of course, was a reference to the former president endorsing both Eric Schmidt and former um, Missouri governor Eric Greitens in the race for Senate in Missouri. Uh, Schmidt won the uh, GOP nomination Tuesday night. Trump endorsed a GOP Kansas gubernatorial candidate Derek Schmidt 
also won the uh, Republican nomination. Schmidt won his, will face incumbent Democrat Gora, uh, Governor Laura Kelly in November. Tudor Dixon gave a great speech, uh, got an accepted speech, who won the Republican nomination for governor in Michigan Tuesday night, was also endorsed by Trump, and will challenge incumbent Democrat uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer in November. Trump-backed nominees also won Republican primaries for the Senate in Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Heading into Tuesday's primaries, Trump-backed candidates had a 95% success rate, according to Fox News. However, in Washington State, Republican Representatives James Herrera Butler and Dan Newhouse were leading their Trump-endorsed challenges despite blowback to their votes to impeach the former president. There were 10 uh, Republicans who voted to impeach the president. Now there's three left, including Liz Cheney, and I suspect she won't be along around much longer after a couple of weeks, although she said she might run for president to, to start, try to stop it. As a Democrat, she says, to, uh, or at least that's the speculation. I'm not sure she said it, but uh, that's the speculation now. Oh, that was a Dershowitz who made that speculation that she may become a Democrat and run for president against Trump if he runs. Well, MSNBC uh, data journalist uh, Steve Kornacki delivered more ominous news for the Democrats about a key voting bloc Monday night. It's one of the major stories to emerge from the 2020 elections, the shift we saw in the Hispanic vote, he said. Democrats still won the Hispanic vote in 2020, and you can see by 21 points, but that was down 17 points from 2016. Hillary Clinton won the Hispanic vote by 38, Joe Biden by just 21, and you know what? The trend seems to be continuing in 2022, he said. What you're looking at here is that the average of the every poll we have out there has been taken over in the last three months, and that looks like the Hispanic vote. And you put them all together, the Hispanics are now voting Democrat by just 13 points. So 38 to 21 and now down to 13, he said. Republican uh, Representative Maya Flores of Texas won a special election by eight points in a district that was 85 percent Hispanic in June, taking a district Biden won by four points. Her predecessor, former Democrat Representative Philemon Vila of Texas, won the district by 13.6 percent. Republican National Committee spokeswoman uh, Nicole Morales told the Daily Caller News Foundation that Hispanic voters have had enough of Democrats pandering failed policies and broken promises. Hispanic voters embrace common sense Republican policies and values that keep American dream alive, she said. Biden and Democrats are out of touch and out of time, she said. So well said. You You think about people fleeing from a socialist country where there's a lot of corruption. They don't want to see that anymore. And that's what they see with the Biden administration. That makes sense to me. Former President Donald Trump enjoys majority support in a hypothetical 2024 Republican race. This according to a Harvard-Harris survey. The survey asks respondents if the Republican presidential primary for 2024 election was held today, who would you vote for? It gave respondents a series of choices, including Trump, uh, DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, former U.S. Ambassador to U.N. Uh, Nikki Haley, Ted Cruz, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Senator Marco Rubio, and Senator uh, Tim Scott. A clear majority of Republicans, 52%, said they would support Trump in the 2024 primary election. No other candidate came close. DeSantis fell 33% behind at 19% of the vote. No other candidate even garnered double digits as Pence came in third place with 7%, followed by Haley with 5%. 9% said they don't know. <laughs> they don't even know what's going on, probably. But uh, who would they would support? And 2% said someone else. When Trump is taken out of the equation, DeSantis says a double-digit lead with uh, 34 points uh, for the vote. Pence with 19%. So clearly, if uh, Trump doesn't run, based on today's uh, survey, it looks like DeSantis would get the nod. Trump has continually hinted that he's throwing his hat into the ring in 2024, recently telling New York Magazine that a decision has been made, but the timing has not yet been decided. In my own mind, I've already made the decision. He doubled down. I would say that my decision will be whether I go for or after the midterms, he added. So keeping the mystery alive and the suspense. By the way, uh, right now they are not announcing the results uh, of the vote in Arizona, and uh, Carrie Lake is uh, the, clearly is going to win that race, but they're holding off on announcing it 
more shenanigans going on in uh, in uh, Arizona. And um, McCain, Megan McCain, made a comment that uh, she's really disturbed by the uh, results in Arizona and across the nation with uh, Trump backers. Uh, it's time for the McCain family to uh, let loose of the reins of what's happening in Arizona and allow uh, people to have their wish uh, going forward. Well, is Kirsten Cinema just being cautious or is she delivering a little payback for all the vitriol she's endured from fellow Democrats? Joe Manchin's reconciliation deal with Chuck Schumer last week put all the detention and leverage on the Arizona Democrat who has pointedly remained silent. Manchin announced yesterday... Uh, that he'd uh, had talks with Cinema and that he felt those went well, although apparently not that well. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin says he's exchanging materials with Senator Kirsten Cinema to help her better understand the broad tax reform and climate bill he negotiated with uh, Schumer and says he's an open to her suggestions as Democrats seek 50 votes to put the bill on the floor. Manchin finally got a chance to speak to Cinema after lunch on Tuesday. We had a nice time. We had a nice time. Next, in other words, let's not talk about this. Uh, Manchin said Tuesday when reporters pressed him for details of his chat with Cinema, and while she sat at the Senate Diaz, not a nice th- uh, enough time to move Cinema. However, at least not so far. She's still standing on her decision to stand by. So, what does that mean for the future of the reconciliation bill? Well, Manchin was tight-lipped about the details of the conversation, but made it clear that he's willing to consider changes she might want to make to the deal, which would raise $739 billion in new revenue over the next decade and reduce the deficit by more than $300 billion. By the way, that's been challenged. Uh, Apparently, uh, it's not going to reduce the deficit at all. In the meantime, uh, Senate Democrats and Joe Biden have left twisting in the wind, and given how they've treated cinema, she's uh, refusal to change the filibuster. And by the way, she's been left out of these conversations with uh, Manchin. They also may be payback enough for the Arizona Democrat, even if she does go along at the end to protect her party. Interesting. And by the way, as I mentioned, economic experts and Biden administration officials have come to that consensus regarding Inflation Reduction Act, agreeing that the $739 billion Democrat spending bill will do next to nothing to combat inflated prices over the next decade. Finally, in this segment, uh, the Senate voted to ratify Finland and Sweden's applications to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. So uh, they they, uh, voted 90, only one no vote. That was Josh Hawley, and good for him. He basically said that, hey, uh, look at our situation right now. We need to be focusing on China and not what's happening in other European nations. Uh, a lot of he got a lot of criticism, a lot of uh, virtue signaling coming from other Republicans. But I think he's made a good decision on that. We're uh, I think playing a fool's game to focus on what's happening in NATO uh, when right now China is uh, circling. Uh, they're having war games right around Taiwan. It's it's not. It's not a laughing matter whatsoever. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reaching our reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, going to visit with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website 
at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harden show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and uh, download the uh, app going to choicesocial.us website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of an organization that's doing a great job in assisting with public education here in Florida. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, the Florida Citizens Alliance is a not-for-profit uh, organization. We've grown to be about 200,000 people here statewide. Uh, we work exclusively in the K-12 through education area. Uh, sometimes I use the re- word reform, but I really don't like that because uh, you can't really reform a monopoly, a government monopoly. You have to break it, and the way you do that is through competition. So we're huge supporters of uh, not only getting, <clears throat> excuse me, getting rid of the doc, uh, indoctrination, but really finding better solutions for kids uh, through homeschooling, uh, home education, and uh, the many scholarships we have here in, in Florida. Yeah, and a terrific organization, Keith. And uh, Pastor, since uh, you took over and, and started the organization a little over 10 years ago, you've made magnificent strides in terms of improving public education here in Florida. So I hope our listeners will support your organization. The website is goflca.com, goflca.com. So school's about to start right now. I guess that's coming up this week or next, isn't it? Yeah, next week, uh, back to school. You know, wow, it's uh, hard to believe the summer's gone for for many families. I know. Um, the good news is, is, is our kids go back to school. You hope, and many of them do go back with anticipation and and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, getting back with their friends, etc. Uh, I would also uh, urge parents that the world has changed uh, from, in some respects, to the good with some of the bills that the governor has put in play. Uh, but but it, it also uh, has not changed in some respects according to the law. So and I'll give you some examples of that, Bob. Um, just over the weekend, we had a young teacher uh, who had the courage to send us a meme, uh, a picture she took in uh, uh, Gulf Coast High School. And it was uh, a, a, a poster that was proudly posted on a counselor's uh, office window. And it's, it, it, the whole gist of it was, ask me about my pronouns. Uh, and, and, uh, and, then, and, and then it goes on to say, you know, come into the office and ask for help. <laughs> uh, we, we called that to the attention of the five setting school board members. And within um, about 36 hours, I got a message from Roy Terry that they'd taken it down. Uh, 
my response to Roy was, yeah, but there are about 130 counselors. What's going on in the rest of the, the, the schools? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no response to that. Um, well, again, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, there is a, uh, I believe it's now law that there could be no uh, uh, tampering with, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, but uh, the whole notion of uh, making uh, sexual transfers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we, we have K through three, uh, you know, the parents' rights and education bill. Um, but we also have the broader parents' rights bill. So if a parent believes this is threatening to their child, no matter what the age, yeah, uh, they would automatically qualify for the Hope Scholarship. But if you're in K through three, uh, so in an elementary school, this would be strictly prohibited. Um, so, uh, but the school did, the school board made the right decision to take it down. The problem is uh, how much whack-a-mole do we have to play before they put a policy in place to make it clear to all of their uh, teachers and, and educators uh, that they're not going to allow this. Great point. Uh, yesterday, I got a, uh, and it's documented, I got a call from a mom out of Orange County with Florida Virtual Schools. So now this is all over Florida. It's the Florida Virtual School. And the mom was helping her child register for um, the virtual school. The mm-hmm. child was six years old. And uh, the, the first question is, what's your name? And then the second question is, what pronouns do you prefer? Uh, that's a violation of the, the House Bill uh, 1557 because, I mean, the child was six years old. Uh, so that's a second example and another reason why uh, parents uh, really need to be paying very, very close attention uh, to what's going on in their schools. And while the governor and the DOE are trying to do the right things in these areas, um, we have a lot of good teachers, but we also have a lot of woke teachers who really believe what they're doing, and they'll find ways to uh, to circumvent or ignore the law, and it's up to the parents to be vigilant. What a great point. It's it's uh, a little discouraging to hear that news, but it's uh, I'm happy that you caught it and, and can nip it in the bud. And uh, did you have you uh, gotten any kind of response from uh, the Department of uh, Education in in Florida, or how, where's it gone at this point? Well, actually, uh, I've sent it to my contacts in the Department of Education, but I'm actually driving uh, this morning over to Miami to meet with the new Commissioner of Education. And that's one of the many points that were raised to him. Um, I, I know he's not going to support this stuff. The question is, uh, how does he come down on it? Mm-hmm. I mentioned I had a third example, and if we have time real quickly. Yes, please uh, do. Up in Pasco County, uh, Superintendent Browning has put out, he didn't do it through a policy. He didn't do it through a board approval. Uh, he just put out a, a uh I'm going to call it an executive order, for lack of any better word for it, mm-hmm. at the school district level, that uh, is all about LGBTQ. Uh, it encourages uh, um, kids to be able to use the bathrooms of their choice, regardless of their gender identification. Uh, it ignores the law that just got passed last year on um, transgenders not being able to compete in, uh, you know, in, in, in girls' sports. So, I mean, it's just a blatant violation of the law on uh, multiple. And, uh, uh, and I actually sent that to the uh, Department of Education uh, yesterday, and I'll make sure that uh, yeah. Mr. Diaz sees that today. Yeah, bottom line is parents just need to be vigilant, make sure that uh, they understand what's going on in the schools, because irrespective of whatever rules and laws that we put into place here in Florida, which is a great thing, uh, some teachers and principals apparently are just not complying. So we need the school boards. And those elections, by the way, are coming up shortly uh, for school board members. And I just encourage all of our listeners to make sure you vote. Um, my recommendation in Collier County is vote for, don't vote for the incumbents. <laughs> but <laughs> irrespective, uh, make sure that you vote because uh, it, it could be if some, one of them gets 50% of the votes, they will end up being the school board member. It doesn't go until November. So did I get that right, Keith? Yes, absolutely. And one last point on the, the incumbents last Thursday, they voted for in Collier County in the middle of a recession, they voted for a 10.8% tax increase on huh. property values. Uh, just uh, it's just tone deaf 
on what people are experiencing from a recession. And uh, so they actually voted for a $158 million increase in uh, their budget for uh, for the next uh, fiscal year. And mind you uh, that we uh, we spend tw- over $22,000 a year for each student in Collier County Schools. So uh, we're among the highest in the nation in that regard. Keith, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Our listeners, I just want to encourage you to go to the website uh, goflca.com goflca.com Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show Take care, Bob. Have a great weekend You as well. Thank you Alright, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, Medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com, or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and information and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, Seton. I hope you are. Doing well, thank you. Excellent, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yes, the existence is a size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it, it's it's uh, three jobs and a chore. <laughs> it's a big job. Big market, as they say in business. So, uh, Seton, you wrote a column, I, which is great. Uh, supply chain and farm bill left to sacrifice reality for ideology. Conservatives should not. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, you know, obviously we, we, we as conservatives all the time point out how and it's, the entire Biden administration is a, is a walking visual aid of this, how their ideology trumps what's going on in reality. And the Biden administration's ideology is destroying the country, and they aren't giving up any of it um, because they want this is what they want. Yeah. Their ideology is more important to them than elections and, and, and good economic results and None of that matters. Right. Ideology uberalis. Well, there's a contingent of conservatives that do this as well in various policy areas. Um, We saw it exposed a lot during the Trump era. Nothing's changed since Trump left office. Um, Free trade, um, you know, is is an example of these people with these, oh, I'm a free trader. I'm opposed to tariffs. 
Well, no one else in the world is. Yep. So your your economic theory, your uh, your economic theory of free trade, is killing the country because no one else is in reality is practicing what you believe in. So perhaps you should adjust your ideology to address what's actually happening on the planet. Makes sense. Um, and and so it is with the farm bill. I I started really concentrating the farm bill in like 2012. Right before, I think it was, was it 20, yeah, it was the 2013 Farm Bill was coming up because they renew every five years. And I started looking at this, and my immediate response was, well, everybody all over the planet is subsidizing the crap out of their farm products, just like every other commodity that they subsidize. And they limit what we can send them, and they tariff what we send them. And these conservatives, in the name of ideology, are... Rooting are, are demanding we unilaterally give up our minuscule farm bill. I mean, there's we stopped direct payments to farmers three or four farm bills ago. Yep. Um, these are just some small protection things for farmers in the face of you know hundreds of billions of dollars of subsidies and and trade limits and tariffs on uh, from all over the planet on our stuff. And and this and and despite how tiny this is, despite how huge the the global subsidies and limits are on our stuff, or subsidies for their stuff, limit on ours. Every farm bill, we have a contingent of conservatives who who do not discuss anything on the rest of the planet and demand we end the the U.S. farm bill a la carte by itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like a Mr. Potato Head, where they think they can just take off the eyes and the face doesn't change. So if well, I, no, if you, yeah, if if I were to... Off the, yeah. If you take off the eyes, the face changes. And, and again, we talk about Trump's tariffs, which were like $24 billion a year, but it helped contribute to a $2 trillion increase in, in gross domestic product, <laughs> protecting some key domestic manufacturing sectors that grew substantially yep. as a result of these tidy tariffs. Well, likewise with the farm bill. And of course, lest we forget, the most important commodity is food because before you can check your Chinese iPhone or watch your Chinese television, you got to eat. That's no and as we've proven with the last couple of years, uh, relying on the supply chain of, of other countries, especially China, is dumb, especially so when it comes to food. I'm not saying we get a lot of food from China, but you get my point. If there's a global supply chain problem on food, which there is, it than we are in any other commodity. Yeah, no question. Again, uh, Seton, uh, the, uh, right now, I guess we're considering getting rid of the tariffs to China. And uh, you use tariffs as a tool in order to work towards free trade with other countries. And if they're not willing to play that way, uh, then uh, you need to use tariffs in order to reciprocate. You, what you want is an even... What, what Trump was talking about is a more even playing field. Right. Now, we the, the dream scenario is zero government on both sides. That's an even playing field. Yep. They don't tariff, limit, or, or subsidize. We don't tariff, limit, or subsidize. But the better the better situation, you want to get as close to parity as possible. That's right. Zero government, but you have to get the parity on the levels of government because otherwise you're going to get, you're going to destroy the less protected uh, economy. No question. Seat Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. The website is lessgovernment.org, and of course, it's, you can find Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. You, you as well. Much. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. Dr. Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006, and on June the 9th of this year, he uh, replaced my hip. So I'm kind of becoming the last bionic guy. Anyhow, I did a great job, and I'm so grateful for his care. So we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us my orthopedic surgeon, Dr. George Markovich. He replaced both of my knees in 2006. And just recently, on, January, on uh, June the 9th, replaced my hip as well. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you. I'm doing well, by the way. A little report to you. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's just great to be able to uh, move without a lot of pain. So thank you for everything that you've done. Oh, absolutely. It only gets better. Well, yes, I, and uh, I'm, I'm developing my strength now. I'm a physical therapist, and uh, I can just see the light at the end of the tunnel, so it's really terrific. But it does raise a question in my mind um, that uh, I've talked with a lot of people, and uh, I, I talked to a guy, well, I've had both of my knees done, and I had my uh, sh uh, shoulder I had uh, done, and uh, you know, to talk to people who have multiple types of replacements. And I was just wondering, are some people more susceptible to that than others? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, people with inflammatory disease, for instance, of which one type is rheumatoid, there's over 120 different types, wow. uh, have this, uh, you know, inflammatory response in their joints, which wears out multiple joints, as well as uh, people who have had uh, certain mechanics, certain injuries. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go on into why joints wear out. And the degenerative process is that. It's a uh, wear and tear phenomenon where the limited ability of the joint to uh, compensate for damage is overwhelmed by the environment that creates the damage. Mm -hmm. And so it happens a lot in weekend athletes, for instance. Uh, I have seen over the years that people that are very athletic and then take some time off and then go back into it or just are exercising uh, perhaps with uh, suboptimal form and suboptimal uh, technique, uh, 
uh, on the weekends and, and kind of don't take care of themselves. Otherwise, uh, wear out their joints. So it's important to be consistent. It's important to keep your joints as healthy as possible with uh, exercise, with uh, a good diet, uh, weight control. All those things are supremely important to keep them healthy, uh, to preserve your joints, and also to have the best function in case you do need a replacement at some point in time. Yeah, no question. I mean, I know that... Uh... I know when I first had my knees replaced, I, I wanted to see if the, we could find other solutions besides replacement. I was so grateful after I did it. And one of my comments was, why did I wait so long? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm sure you do, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, does it, is there a process that people go through and like the denial and uh, finally acceptance? And uh, is it, are most people like that? I think so. I mean, everybody's different. Uh, I think that you have to develop a rapport with people to understand their motivations. And it's, you know, it's it's human nature to try to, uh, you know, follow a certain path and, and, and find information to uh, support what your contentions are. Uh, ask Nancy Pelosi, you know, <laughs> why did she go to Taiwan? Why did she rip up a speech? <clears throat> I still don't understand some of the motivations that you know, that individual and many others uh, harbor. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, what you try to do is work with people and, and help them control their pain and improve their function. And if it comes to things that uh, don't involve surgery, that's great. Yeah. Joint preservation is wonderful. I want people to do really, really well with uh, any approach that we use, whether it's biological, uh, through medicines, through therapy and so forth. Uh, when joints wear out, unfortunately, uh, you know, you can't preserve the joint, but f fortunately, there's mechanical ways to replace or reconstruct the joint, which work extremely well, especially with hips, knees, and shoulders. Yeah, and I, I, I just point out again, I've said this before, but it's just remarkable to me that I could show up at 6.15 in the morning, be on the operating table at uh, 7.30, and be getting in the car to go home after a full hip replacement. It's just remarkable, uh, the advances in modern medicine and what you can do as an orthopedic surgeon. It, it is amazing. I, you know, my sister had both of her hips done, and I'm the one who took her, and I'm the one who, you know, took her back to my house to rehab. It's, <laughs> it, it's pretty incredible, uh, and uh, it's 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 fun. You help people out. Um, it, it's a wonderful gift uh, for uh, you know me, and uh, hopefully. It, as many people as I can help uh, while I do it. Well, I, I'll say this. Your, your admonition to me has always been, you know, you don't want to be in pain. Avoid being in pain that in order to recover and all the things. So I'm just going to encourage our listeners, if you're, if you're experiencing any kind of joint pain, uh, see Dr. George Markovich is 4825399 is the uh, phone number 4825399. Dr. Markovich, you brought up Nancy Pelosi's name and I just want to get your thoughts and uh, response on her trip to uh, Taiwan and uh, the situation she's put us in. Uh, you know, it's it's I just don't understand why she went. Um, I think that uh, I was concerned about these investments that she made in the chip industry through her husband and so yeah. forth. Uh, her son-in-law doesn't do a pretty uh, a good job running California. Uh, Feinstein doesn't seem to know where she is. Uh, and I'm not sure Nancy Pelosi does either. It, it's, it's a very amazing thing that you can see people making decisions that seemingly don't make any sense. That being said, I don't follow it very closely. I, I just, you know, <laughs> I'm not a political guy. I, I stay in my lane. I, I do as good as I can to make the world around me as good as it can be. Yep. And that's uh, helping people. That's what my charge is. That's what our team does. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you look at things, you read about things, and you go, why? Yeah. I mean, the, the upside on that trip for her and for the United States of America seemed to be so small 
Uh, what could be accomplished and uh, the downside pretty major i mean right now there's ships and uh, war games being played around taiwan by the chinese they've got the whole island circled more most severe response we've seen ever in terms of uh, how the chinese have responded so and i don't know if you heard this but apparently she was giving a speech and she went off script when she was in taiwan and she started talking about president benjamin franklin It's amazing, it, 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 and that's to my point. But that being said, you know, I was in the military for 14 years. I understand that China is the biggest threat to us and the planet. Yeah. I'm not saying that she didn't have a, a, a reason to go there, but the timing and the rationale uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. However, what does make sense to me is giving much more careful attention to what China's doing and trying to neutralize their efforts to dominate and to be prepared most important to be prepared and right now i've just real concern about what's happening with our military we're not having the recruiting response that we need in terms of true preparation uh it's a concern i think the message that the chinese are getting is that uh, we're you know weak (laughs) well they've created that yeah they've created that over a long period of time this, the last number of years seems to be like a psyops operation uh, that they're running, yeah. um, and so um, it is a concern. It's a large, major concern. Uh, we live in perilous times, but we have to make the best of everything that we do, including, like you said, prepare. Being prepared, and again, uh, Dr. George Markovich, phone number four eight two five three nine nine. Terrific orthopedic surgeon. In fact, I will go out on a limb and say the best in the universe, perhaps the galaxy. (laughs) Well, thank you, Bob. I'll say one more thing. Hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. That's a good motto to live by. Absolutely, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Bill Barnett. He's the former mayor of Naples. Uh, We're going to do that and more. By the way, Phil Mickelson and 10 other golfers are suing the PGA, accusing it of acting like a monopoly. I think they're certainly right about that. Uh, the PGA Tour has been king of the golfing uh, tournaments for decades. But earlier this year, Saudi Arabia launched its own golf league, Live. That stands for uh, Roman numerals of 54 because they play a 54-hole game. Some pro golfers, including Mickelson, love the idea of getting tens of millions of dollars to play. I understand he got paid uh, $200 million. But lawmakers, human rights activists, and 9-11 victims' families aren't fans, and they're accusing Saudi Arabia of using the series to sports wash its human rights record. Meanwhile, the PGA Tour simply doesn't like the competition and told golfers it's us or them disqualifying the live golfers from competing in the PGA and now they're, they're starting an antitrust lawsuit. It comes days before the PGA golf playoffs. Uh, and I think, quite frankly, uh, the players who are playing with Liv, they have a good case to make. Certainly seems like non-competitive activity on the part of the PGA. So stay tuned. We'll see how this all plays out. So interesting, though. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Uh, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I hope you'll check it out and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's uh, my pleasure. I hear you're getting a lot of rain down there. Well, you know what? It's, we're getting into this pattern. I know you're familiar with it. Uh, you, right now, there's not a cloud in the sky or just some wispy clouds. And by yeah. this afternoon, we begin to hear the thunder. And uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That's uh, the old pattern that is. That you know, it's funny, it goes in cycles. You know, for a couple of years, we didn't have that. And we're saying, gee, I wonder what happened. And then it cycles around, and uh, you can pretty much bet on that, right? You open the, your blinds in the morning, and it's gorgeous out. And let me get my golf in and tennis and walking, running, swimming, whatever, because uh, by 4 o'clock in the afternoon or 2.30 or 3, right, it's uh, it's uh, booming, and then it's gone. Absolutely. It's exactly how it works. And uh, the whole key, I think, is to get out by the time the, the breeze comes up, because otherwise it feels like a, a, a toaster oven out there. And so yeah. get the breeze, get a little of that uh, breeze coming on, and just get off the course and uh, end your activities by 3 o'clock, 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we got a couple of weeks left for the uh, – until we have the primary, and uh, the um, they're really uh, rattling some cages down there in the in the news media and the uh, Facebook pages, and uh, they're 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 picking on candidates left and right. Yeah, <laughs> on what group you're with. So, uh, do you have any favorites in the race or races? Well, you know, Naples, Naples better government. Um, you know, we did our endorsements. We we did our homework. We spent countless hours uh, for for both uh, both county commission and for uh, school board. And um, I mean, we we didn't just sit down and say, okay, you know, here's a round table. Let's do it. I mean, there were hours and hours and hours. We spent two full days in meetings, uh, interviewing all the candidates. Um, and um, we, you know, we are we are nonpartisan. We're the only group in Collier County that is nonpartisan. And, you know, some people say, how can you, you know, how can you really do that? How can you, you know, you got to have a favor. You got to. But I mean, the the makeup of the group is one that everybody gives their opinion after the uh, after the interviews. Um, we discuss the backgrounds, what they will offer. Um, and I felt very good. It might not have been. Look. You you know when the when the count is uh, is made, it might not be exactly who you want, but you go along with your. It has to be 60 percent majority or more. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we did really well with the endorsement. So, can you can you share can you share them with us? I'm sure our listeners. I, I can't. Oh, sure. I can't oh, sure. T- can't tell you how many emails I get saying, Bob, who should I vote for? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we we in. Um, in the for the two com, uh, county commission seats uh, for District Two, Gerald Lefebvre, uh, we we chose him because of his background, um, code enforcement, etc. And uh, we uh, endorsed Michelle McLeod. Um, she's uh, uh, bright, fresh of air, and uh, you know, and 
and the um, uh, for the school board, we um, we endorsed the three incumbents. We felt that they had done the absolute absolute best job. And you know what, Bob? Uh, the, the the three incumbents, by the way, uh, Jory Westbury, Dr. Jory Westbury, she was District One. Jen Mitchell uh, was District Three. Um, and uh, Roy Terry was District 5. And you know, they have really, really done a good job. If you read some of the stuff that's out there, I, I just, I kind of shake my head. But I guess it's always been that way, right? You and I have been around a long time. Well, right? you know, they, it, yeah. it, the thing is, I just think it's really important that uh, our listeners, no matter who they decide to vote for, uh, make an informed right. vote, informed a vote about uh, uh, the uh, school board because it's been much m- m- uh, ignored. Maligned. Maligned. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure that uh, we see all this activity around the nation with regard to what's happening in our schools. We need to pay attention. You're, you you are you are so right. I mean, it it just it is uh, it just doesn't seem to be us. I mean, we're we're part of it, but I think that our citizens are smart enough. I think people that in Naples, other than the radical groups, uh, and I'm not going into that. Yeah. But uh, um, I think if the people do their homework and they really see, they're putting they're putting information out there, Bob, that is absolutely not true. You know, they take a little bit of truth and mix it with a uh, uh, with with the non-truths and uh, come up with it with a package and it sounds good to uh, to a voter but if the voter had done the actual homework on you know pick someone like Jen Mitchell as a matter of fact the chair of the uh, of the school board I mean boy there is a hard-working lady uh, who cares about the kids um, uh, I think all of them do that, but you can go back and you can look at her background. You can look at where she started. You can look at the fact she was a teacher. You can do all of that. And if you want, and then compare them to some of the other candidates and you can just see they stand out. Uh-huh. But you know what? Time will tell. We're, we're not, uh, we're not magicians and we're not wizards and we don't, uh, there's no betting line on the, uh, and the sports books that are, uh, putting up these candidates. That yeah, that's up. right. Well, I, we appreciate your work, and uh, I'm not sure I came to the same conclusion, but I'm, you know what? I respect the fact that you did all the due diligence and the work around that, and uh, so uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, and that group's been around since, uh, you know, we started Naples Better Government in, in, in 1990, Bob. Huh. We're 30 years. <laughs> that's a wow. lot of candidates. Wow. So, so any good scoop going on in Naples or in the city? Well, um, yeah, you know, there the the uh, no smoking on the beaches. I think my my dream is going to come true. Uh, the uh, the law was passed, uh, signed by Governor DeSantis, and it's all part of the Florida Clean Air Act. Uh, and uh, the they 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 um, they passed it. Um, I believe it was in June or early July, and uh, a couple of counties, uh, Palm Beach, uh, Palm Beach. That's where the new law took effect. Um, but one thing they're doing, and uh, there were a couple of them, I think it was Delray and somebody else, um, that uh, one of them is saying, no, we're not going to ban this, the uh, smoking after all these years. We're going to go after the litter. Well, Bob, Naples, Florida did that for, you know, we couldn't have banned it back then. Mm-hmm. We did every possible thing in the world for litter, and it doesn't work. They throw their butts in, you know, and they're <laughs> yeah. disgusting. They just... They just drop them in the sand, right? Uh, you know, so I think that now that the that it's passed, I think that the city of Naples, from what I understand, at one of their meetings coming up, um, they are very soon. They're going to be discussing it, and I, I would love to. I should I say this on the air, but I would love to be a part of that uh, that core group that uh, looks at it and says, "Yeah, okay, this is how we have to do it." But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> Well, I certainly hope it does. I mean, I think it would be a real improvement for our Florida beautiful beaches here on the Paradise Coast. So. Oh, I know it's going to. I would guarantee you that that it will happen in Naples. Uh, we've been working on it for so many years uh, and, and, and had the door slammed in our face from every uh, elected official up the line um, because of big because of big tobacco. Yeah. You know, and now uh, um, it's passed. So it's, it's, I'm very excited about it. Bill Barnett, again, former mayor of Naples. I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the uh, show, Bill. Well, thank, thank- Bob, 
it's, it's, it's mutual, and I'm sure next week we'll have some more good stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bill. You take care. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Learned a lot. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. Dr. Keith Smith is an anesthesiologist. We'll be talking about the uh, health care here in the United States and uh, the role the government plays and uh, how we can make it better. We'll also visit with John D. Meyer. He is the president of uh, Hodges University and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Always appreciate your comments here on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, I hope you tell your friends. We enjoy, we would appreciate the patronage, as well as our listener, our uh, advertisers, of course, would uh, benefit as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.